Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, dear brothers and sisters. You were joined here today with the three Muslims and with Brother Michael. How you doing, brother? I'm good, bro. Alhamdulillah. How you doing? People call me Dawi. People call me Dawi, bro. Dawi. Yeah. Yeah, I need the police call me Michael. And everyone else calls me Dawi. All right. All right. Say less. <laughs> say less. Dawi. We are here with Dawi. All right. That's Don't it. mess that up. Only the police call him Michael. Y'all get yeah. it. But without further ado, we want to get right into your story, bro. Because you've been a revert for 25 years now, correct? Yeah, yeah, 25. I just because I've been 25 Ramadan, so that's uh, that's yeah. how I count it. Yeah, that's how I count it. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So I've become first... Muslim during Ramadan, so that's easy for me to count. You know. So you became a Muslim during Ramadan. Yeah, during Ramadan. Yeah. Okay. When bro, it was easy so... then, because it was like in the winter. You know, so it was yeah. kind of, yeah, it's kind of easy. Okay, so forgive me for my ignorance here. I haven't seen any of your videos or anything like that. But for anyone else who hasn't as well, like, what's your story look like, bro? Okay, um, so you want me to take it from the top or? Bro, take, take it, it away. away. Okay. All right. Okay, bismillah. So um, about 25 years ago, um, like I said, I, I was, I had a son, my first child. And then I thought, you know, you know, you go through that. I think having kids either makes you a man or breaks you as a man. You know, you either step up or you step out, you know? So I thought it's time for me to, um, you know, change my life and, and look for, and, and, you know, look for a higher purpose or, or, or a bigger meaning of life. So I was always kind of interested in religion. I always had a religious belief, although I didn't have a religion. So I always believed in God, but I didn't, even though I grew up as, as we might call loosely speaking, a Christian in a Christian family, we would only go to church if you was getting buried or getting married. We wouldn't practice any Christianity, you know what I mean? So I used to have in my, where I live, I was like a hill, like a small hill. <clears throat> um, and I used to go there and pray before I knew anything about Muslims or religion or anything. I used to go there and pray and I would sort of point up to the sky and just pray, okay, whenever I, I needed something, normally to complain, to be honest, you know. So I, I made a promise that I would go looking for God. He wouldn't come looking for me. I would go looking for him. So I set about this, this sort of journey to go looking for God. So obviously I spoke to Christians. I spoke to Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, Hindus, Buddhists. Like I said, I don't know any Jewish people just because they just don't live around my areas. So as I would have spoke to them as well, I spoke to various different types of people and, but not so much Muslims, you know, but Muslims sort of kept themselves to themselves. You know what I'm saying? I, I tried a few times to get them to come around my flat my apartment where I was uh, living to come around and speak to me about it, but they sort of let me let, let it down. So eventually after the third time of them not coming, I, I decided to go to the mosque and ask my questions there. So I, it was during Ramadan, but I didn't really clock that it was Ramadan. You know what I mean? So I said to myself, I know these Muslim people, this Muslim lot, they don't drink alcohol. So out of respect to go to their mosque, I won't drink alcohol for three days before I go to make myself sort of clean. I know three days isn't a lot of time, but for me back then it was, it was a bit of time. So I went there and um, I started, sat down and started, because I only went there to speak about the crucifixion of Jesus. You know what I mean? Because for us, for me, it was like natural that he was crucified because that's what we'd been brought up listening to. So I went in there to ask this question and I sat down with an Arab brother um, and we got talking and he explained it to me. Then he explained about Tawheed and et cetera, et cetera, you know, so certain basic fundamentals. And I just, that was me. I was done. I, I'd, I'd, I'd found it, you know, I'd found that, that, that answers that I was looking for, that feeling that I wanted, I'd found it. So I took my shahada then. I, I uh, took my shahada in the, in the masjid that moment, that day, and I fasted the next day. And I never drank alcohol since then, you know what I mean? Oh, so that, that's like the, 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 um, the, the, the sort of quick version of how I become Muslim. All this took probably about, a year, you know, if you used to take it from beginning, you know. But Bro. hold on now, hold on. You said you said that you got the feeling you were looking for. What exactly were you looking for here? You know, like I said, brother, I mean, I've, I've always believed that there was a God, but I, mm. I couldn't put him into any particular religion or category. But when I used to go and pray, I would just pray to God. I would just go stand on a hill and just pray, just point up to the sky and pray. But I didn't believe Jesus was God, even though I was brought up in a Christian um sort of you know culturally christian you know what i'm saying 
I was brought up culturally Christian. I didn't believe that Jesus was a, was God. I just believed there was a God. So, and I knew that I had to find that, that God. I knew that I had to find that God. And, and I didn't think it would be Islam because Islam would be the religion that if you was to step back and look at every religion individually, you'd pick it least because it means you can't have a girlfriend, you can't go out drinking. You, there's a lots of things that you can't do as a Muslim. So you'd look at them and say, well, that one's difficult. I'm not going to do that. Whereas something like Christianity or Buddhism or something is, is a lot easier. You know, you've, you have a lot more what you would think are, fr are freedoms, you know. So I didn't go looking for Islam. It, I just went looking for God. And I went to the masjid. I went to the mosque that day and uh, didn't go there with the intention of becoming Muslim. The people that I met there definitely didn't think I was going to become Muslim. And um, th that was enough. Right? Because I think sincerity and the truth are very compatible. They're very like a marriage, isn't it? So if someone's actually sincere in what they're talking about and you tell them the truth, you know what I mean? Mm. They're going to they're they're take to that. It's gonna, they, they, them two things are going to, them two things are going to come together, you know? I think, I think it is true that what a lot of converts and reverts say that like the last time that they drank, they didn't know it would be the last time they drank. You know what I mean? Yeah, defo. Because <laughs> I used to drink like every, you know, most days, every day. So to me, it was normal, you know, drinking for us as in, as in a white family in the UK, I don't know about America and that, but it was normal, you know, like for me to drink as a young kid, eight, seven or eight years old in my house was normal. It, it, my dad would call me downstairs when he had his friends around for a drink and he'd, he'd get a glass of whiskey and he'd pour the whiskey in the glass. I was only about nine or 10 and he'd make me drink it just so he could show his mates that his son could drink, you know what I mean? And um, so it, my mum used to put whiskey in my bottle to help me sleep, you know, so little nip of whiskey in the bottle when you're a baby to help you sleep. So these things, we're going back into the 1970s when we're going back a long time where things were different, you know what I mean? But yeah, if you'd have told me then, when you go to this mosque, you're not going to drink for the rest of your life, I probably would have ran away. But I didn't go there thinking that, you know what I mean? So, but alhamdulillah, I don't miss it. Yeah, alhamdulillah. I don't miss it. So, bro, when you went in there and you asked them, you said uh, about the crucifixion of Jesus yeah. Christ, peace be upon him. What did they say? Well, they told they me that it, it, they said that it wasn't actually Jesus that was crucified. It was a man that was looked like him. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the likeness of Jesus was put on this man and he was crucified and Jesus was taken up to heaven, the second heaven, in order to come back and finish his job, his, his task, his mission. Mm -hmm. And so he spoke to me about that which kind of made more sense than Jesus was crucified for sins that, that he never committed, you know, like G that God had to have a son, then sacrifice that son to forgive me. So it wasn't, it wasn't such a big, um, it was just a case that it was a different narrative than what I've ever heard before. I've never really heard anyone challenge that, you know, I've never heard anyone challenge the crucifixion, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but like, I wasn't a devout Christian. So it made more sense to me that he wasn't crucified, you know? So was that like what did it for you or was it? No, but it, it was, the, it was more the rest of it. You know what I mean? It was mm -hmm. more the, it was more him talking about there being one God and praying to that God and believing in the angels and the books and breaking down the, 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 the history of the Bible and the, the old Testament. And the, so it just, he, he, he didn't go into massive detail. And I think that's important when you're giving Dawah, you've got to sort of, you know, it takes more wisdom than knowledge to give Dawah. You know what I'm saying? So, it's okay whacking people with loads of knowledge, but if they're not absorbing it, you give them what they can absorb. You give them what they can take on, you know? And mm. some people don't need a lot. If it's the truth, they don't need a lot of it to accept it or to recognize it. You know what I mean? If it's the truth, it's the truth. They don't need to know volumes of books. They just need to be here, the truth, and then the rest of it will flow. You know what I mean? The rest Man. of it will go. Man, that's true. And like, sometimes I'll catch myself getting like overly excited where it's like, I want to share more than I need to. And I have to stop myself and be like, yo, they probably don't need that much. They probably no. just need one little snippet and like, let it, let it go with them. If it's going to, if it's going to grow and it's going to allow them to realize what it is, Alhamdulillah. And if it's not, well, Alhamdulillah, like a lot of guys who we wills. No, exactly, bro. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you don't need to go. And I think that's just over keen and zealousness from, from Muslims where they just want to tell you everything. Because I suffered a lot from that when I first became Muslim. Everyone, every Muslim then after I spoke to thought that it was their duty to educate me, you know, and you had got loads of different opinions coming at you and do this this way and do this that way. Because they think because you're a revert that it's their job now to 
to tell you everything that they know about Islam, which can be overwhelming. It can be confusing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. it, it can be a little bit sort of like overpowering. It, it, so I, I tend now from experience, I tend now just to gauge the person. Some people, you, it's, sometimes it's more important to say a little but mean a lot than it is to say a lot and get lost in it. You know what I mean? And people just forgot what you said 10 minutes ago. You know what I mean? 100%. So, bro, that was you reverting, coming to Islam, becoming Muslim. So what, what do the next years look like? I don't know where they're going to come, bro. You know what I mean? I, for me now, um, I mean, I'm 51. So if I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a stage of my life now, I'm, I'm more focused on helping than I ever have been. Okay. Simply because I feel like I'm coming to the end. In, in, I'm not that I'm ill or I, I don't know that I'm ill or I haven't got an illness or anything like that, but I'm not going to live another 51 years. I mean, I could, I could, I could live 51 years. You can live to 102, but most likely, your average age is about 82, 83, anyway, or something. So I need to do something now, bro. You know what I mean? I need to do something now to help, to input, mm-hmm. to make a difference. I need to, do, when I stand in front of Allah on judgment day, I need to have something, you know what I mean? And I need to tell people what it is or show people what it is that I can, even if it's this much. At least I can stand there and say, I did this much. You know what I mean? So I, I kind of have a, I'm, I'm kind of feeling that um, urgency to, to sort of help. And I've been a Muslim, I'm not a scholar or anything, obviously you can tell, but 25 years in the religion, now it gives me an insight that people that have been in the deen two or three years don't have yet. You know, they're still young, they're still, they still got changes to make. So if I can even pass down some of those experiences and um, life, life, um, life experiences to them, then that's something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Inshallah. Alhamdulillah, bro. I was, I was referring to what happened in the years after reverting. Oh, but sorry, nah, bro. I thought you meant from this you, minute on. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, you, you're good, I, though. Right. Like, I, I want to know about what, what you're talking about here, what you want to do to help. But before we get into that, nah. tell me what happened after you reverted. Like, what oh, led okay. to this point? Right, okay. So when I reverted, I had a girlfriend. Um, mm-hmm. I was living with my girlfriend in a, what we call a flat, you call an apartment. And um, after a couple of weeks, it was become clear to me that I couldn't stay in that apartment with her. Okay, so then I moved back to my mum and dad's house, which was only up the road. And um, I kept in contact with her, obviously, because we had a child together and a newborn baby together at that point. So then I just started to learn. I really learned how to pray. Um, I was going to the, to the masjid on a daily basis. You know, every day I would hit there for at least Isha, uh, at least the last prayer when I got home from work. And after, I don't know, maybe a couple of few months, she became Muslim. And then her sister become Muslim and then her mum become Muslim and then my dad become Muslim and then my mum become Muslim. Oh and then, gosh. so there was this, there was this little like ripple effect, this little spread uh, effect. So we ended up not me and this uh, woman, we ended up not getting married. Um, we decided that it wasn't the best move for either one of us, but we still maintain the sort of friendly, friendly relationship contact, you know, and then she went off and got married to a, um, another Muslim man, um, which, was, which was fine. Then her sister, her sister's boyfriend become Muslim and then they got married. So I, I kind of, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it, 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 it was just a case of I, I just went on this journey. So after this, I, I was living at mum and dad's house. And then, you know, it would be like, my, my dad would go, you know, about six o'clock, half past five, six in the morning. My dad would get out, come out of the bedroom and go to the toilet, you know, as, and then he would see my bedroom light on and the door open just a little bit and he could see, like, see me sort of praying fajr. So that's what, intri- that's what in, in, intrigued my dad. And then my mum, in order to ask questions and be Muslim, it's not, it's not so much sitting down and having long, deep conversations about religion. It was more a case of the change in personality and the change in, in me. So... Um, so yeah, so that was that. Then I then I went off and got my own place. And um, some years later, I got married myself. Unfortunately, just that marriage did sixteen years, seventeen years. It, it didn't work out, unfortunately. And um, but I had three three children off of that that woman. And um, uh, from then on, brother, I've just been. I've just I've gone through different phases, though. You know what I mean? I mean, I've gone through. You know, when you're a new Muslim, you kind of go. It's like jumping into a river and just getting swayed down sometimes you, you, you kind of mix in with certain people and certain groups and they you go down a little bit with them and then so I, in the beginning 
I was with a, a group called um, the Tablikis. And no disrespect to, I don't want to get involved in any arguments or any groups. And then I went with them. And after a couple of years out of being with them, I, I went in with another group. These guys are more selfie. And then now I just sort of keep myself sort of balanced by myself. You know, I don't, I don't really affiliate too strongly with anybody. I just, just practice the religion, basically, brother. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you want me to go on? I could yeah. go on, you know. <laughs> I mean, feel free. Bro, if you uh, feel if you feel like you want to, listen, the floor is yours, bro. Brother, I could talk for England, you know that. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But you can ask me questions, but probably better. Otherwise, I just won't shut up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um Rami, if I had you guys have anything, you want me to jump in. I was going to ask subhanAllah about how you said you gauge people when you, when you discuss with them. And I think that's honestly the most important thing. That's something that even Hamza Zorsis and other people have mentioned on this podcast, um, you know, gauging people going with the blank canvas. Mm. So is there any specific um, memories you have or any specific cases or people that stand out to you when you have done this? Or do you have any tips on how Muslims, because that was you know, obligatory upon everyone. Right. Do you have any tips for how Muslims should approach that with reverts or with non-Muslims? Um, I mean, I, I can I can kind of speak more from 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 the insight of being a white white Muslim, a white revert and a white Muslim. You know, Muslim reverts generally are going to have a lot of similarities, be them black or white or whatever. But from from a white from a white uh, perspective, from from that insight. I think the, the, the main thing is, is you see, what, what I notice is that when Muslims ever do anything wrong, non-Muslims will jump on it and blame the religion. Oh, but I see Muslims are drinking. Oh, Muslims are doing this. Muslims, but they will never, ever do that when it comes to Christianity or any other religion for that matter. You know what I'm saying? So if you see a Christian doing something wrong, you never, oh, you Christians do this. Oh, you Christians are not meant to do that. But they will do that with Muslims. Because I believe that in, instinctively they know that Islam is the truth. So when they see a Muslim doing something that's not right, I don't know, whatever it is, but so they will quickly jump on that. So the best dawah that you can give is, to, is, is your behavior, is your character and your manners. Because people notice that. You can talk all you like, you can give it all of this, but if you do something wrong, they will, they'll be on that, you know what I mean? So if, for me, the best form of dawah is good character and good manners. Because that, 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 that's the first thing that people will jump on with Muslims. If they see a Muslim doing anything wrong, it's, oh, your religion doesn't, oh, I thought you're not meant to do this, you're not meant to do that. It never happens with any other religion. When is the last time you heard someone say about Christians not meant to have a girlfriend or anything, you know? So character, I mean, and, and just conducting yourself with manners and decency is, is that. And then when it comes to gauging the person, some people, you know, they don't really, they don't, they don't need to know loads and loads. I mean, if you talk to someone for more than five or 10 minutes, most people start to sort of get a little bit overwhelmed at that point. Not all, but most, you know, especially the guys that I know. So five or 10 minutes of something powerful and something meaningful is better than an hour and a half of too much of something they can't digest. But the first thing I would say, bruv, is conduct yourself because they're always watching you. You know, if once they know you're a Muslim and they see you doing something wrong, they're, they're attaching that behavior to your, to our religion. So we've got to represent, you know, we've got, we, we've got a responsibility as Muslims to represent the religion, no matter what, you know? That's Which 100%. Is, yeah. yeah. I'm over here right now, by the way, uh, visiting my dad and my little brother and my dad's wife, my stepmom. And, you know, like, I'm, I'm still new, so I'm still trying to, like, uh, learn to not curse. I think cursing was one of, the, like, my biggest flaws. I used to curse very much and I used to be very sexual in my jokes. And it's just, I still have it. I'm just trying not to like do it as much. The brothers, you know. And um, when I'm coming over here, spending time with my family, I'm like, ooh, like they're watching me. Yeah. Like they're watching every little move I do, everything I say, because like without me realizing it, my actions and the way that I just speak and everything has changed. But it's like there are still certain things that I'm like carrying with me from my uh, ignorance days, my jahiliya days. And it's like I can't afford to have that in front of them when they're at um they're at like a, a turning point. Inshallah, they're at a turning point where they will accept the deen. They will accept Islam. But it's like, man, like they're watching every little thing. And like I got I wake up every single morning 
I read the Quran, I pray. And then I'm just like, I'm meditating. As I'm meditating, I'm like, you know, I got to be on my best behavior. I got to be on my A game here. Not just for them, but also for the creator. Because the creator is always watching us. But like more so for them right now, because like they're the ones in my vicinity watching my actions and how I speak and everything. So that, that speaks volumes, bro. That speaks volumes. But is it strange that, bro, um, that it doesn't happen with any other religion? No other, yeah. no person, any other religion is put under that type of pressure. You know, yeah. but alhamdulillah, Allah chooses the people that, that he knows can deal with it and handle it. So, and, and you've got to remember, bro, that um, you're human. You, you're going to slip. We all slip. We all slide. And we, none of us are perfect. As long as you're trying and your family understand that this is, a, this is an ongoing effort. This is, a, this is never a finished, finished. There's never an end game. It's just a journey. You know what I'm saying? So you're never going to be the end product. You're just going to be working on yourself all the way through. But I mean, I don't know how long you've been Muslim, but I mean, in, in, I work in construction and the, the, the language in that, in that uh, world bro, is, is colourful. You know what I mean? It's proper colourful. So. Yeah, man. Uh, I've only been Muslim for closing in on a year now, alhamdulillah. Yeah. Um, definitely don't experience what you experience when you go into work into the construction field hmm. uh, i know people can get pretty pretty out of hand out there it's kind of like the the restaurant industry hmm. you know the way that they speak to each other and the way they interact and all that uh but yeah man anyways anyways uh, a question that i have for you uh being you you had mentioned that you you know you're you're white muslim a white revert uh have you felt that it's been different for you like the way you've been treated and like your acceptance by the uh, Ummah, the, the community, and just other practicing brothers and sisters? Okay, from the Muslim community, it does vary, you know, brother. I mean, there is, uh, I mean, it's, I mean, over the period of 25 years, I've noticed a lot of changes, even within the Muslim community. Because when I first become Muslim, them years ago, uh, a lot of the older people in the, in a lot of the, un uh, the older uncles in the masjid were just, were just, just didn't get it, you know what I mean? They'd just sit there and stare at you in the mosque. They'd sit on the floor and they would just look at you. And you'd look at them and they'd just keep staring at you because I just don't think that they understood it. Um, so, but that's obviously over the time, over decades, that, that sort of, that changes. But unfortunately, there's not, there's not, there's something, it's, there's something not quite change, crossing over between the Muslim community and the non-Muslim white people. It's just, mm -hmm. just that, that bridge isn't quite, complete yet you know what i mean because you know i can go to a masjid i'm, I'm up i'm in a town in 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 england called luton which is quite diverse it's, it's got like different cultures uh, different uh, ethnic cultures and everything else so i go into a masjid and i will see everybody from malaysia from arabia from africa from everywhere but you might not not see one english person not one white english person sorry and that's that's been a while now you know, it, there is obviously white English Muslims, but there's, there's not enough. So there, it is changing and there is progress, but the progress is, it, it seems to be a little slow, you know? Got you. So in regards to non-Muslims, how do they react when they find out that you're a Muslim? Surprise, initially. You know, initially they're like, what? What do you mean you're Muslim? You're Muslim. And then they start saying it, deliberately start saying it wrong so they can you know, um, try and get a reaction out of you. So sometimes it's a surprise. Then after a little while, when, when they sort of know that you're serious about it, then, then they might ask the odd question. And then they say, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about the women wearing this? And what about, you know, then they, then they genuinely want to know. I mean, I've noticed in the last three or four years at work, I mean, it's changed. It's changed. I mean, you know, I don't know what's changed it or how, uh, what's, what's pushed that forward, but the, the people on at work now seem to have a lot more interest in actually knowing about Islam. And, you're, and we're talking about your stereotypical white working builder, construction worker, who you would never think he's going to have the slightest. They don't know much about Islam, but they definitely start to ask questions about it. Because I remember when I first became Muslim after September the 11th, 9-11, there was a massive um, uh, pushback, whip, whip, um, negative um vibe going against Muslims everywhere at that point, you know, but now I, I, in the last three years, because I've, I mean, at work, I've had, I, I've had actual fights at work with, um, about being a Muslim, you know what I'm saying? So I've had physical fights. So, but just recently the, the people, 
they, they seem to be a lot more inquisitive and a lot, asking a lot more questions. Um, I don't know, maybe that's because I'm older and I, and I approach them differently, you know, um, could be that, but I just, I've just found that. But some people initially, when they find out you're Muslim, they're surprised. And then, then they go through this period, oh, it's just a phase. In six months or a year, this federal will be finished with this and it'll be on to the next thing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then when they see after a while that you're serious and that you're, and that you're into it, um, th- then they start to become accepted. But the mistake that I made when I first became Muslim is that I tried to tell every, all of my friends, all of my non-Muslim friends too much too quickly. And then if they didn't agree with me, I would just cut them off. I, I, you know, you're a non-Muslim. I'm not going to, you know, that's it. I, I can't help you. You can't help me. And I just used to just drop them out, you know, just cut them off, which was a mistake. That was immature. You know, that, that was just me not understanding, you know. Because what I should have done is kept them around to a point, not socialised with them and stuff, but kept them around in order to help them. Because if you shut someone off, bruv, you can't help them, you know. But if you keep a contact with them, even if it's on your terms, obviously I'm not going to go drinking with them and all that, but I can keep contact with them on my terms in order to, to help them along, you know. So, But this is just a learning curve for me. There was no one out there teaching me this. It's just things I had to learn in life, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's interesting, man. Allah. Now, one thing um, I find, you know, with myself a lot nowadays, even being a born Muslim, some, I'm, I'm basically a revert because, you know, I was Muslim by name, alhamdulillah, but I didn't start practicing until I was 16. I think a lot of Muslims go through that nowadays. But one thing I find is, subhanAllah, um, there's, a, there's that learning curve for all of us because of the culture of the societies we live in, right? Like, oh, no, you talk about swearing and making certain jokes. That's just normal nowadays for a lot of people. Even me, like jokes I make, like they're sometimes they're at the expense of other people. Sometimes they're crude. Sometimes they're very disrespectful. That's just what humor is like nowadays. And it's so difficult because, you know, good character is not something that's preached in general. And that's what that that's also, you know, plays a role in how um, effective it is when you have good character, because not only is it something that's beautiful for a, a human to witness in someone else, it's something that is very, very rare. SubhanAllah. And can you imagine if, if all Muslims, if every Muslim was giving dawah in this way where they gauge the other person and, you know, they, they, t- they took a step back to really analyze a person rather than spew information at them, subhanAllah. I feel like we'd, we'd come a lot farther as Muslims and I don't think the media would be able to keep up in, in how they try and make us seem. I, just, I honestly think it's, it's crazy, subhanAllah. Yeah. I, mean, I, mean, ga- I mean, gauging the person, bro, it, that just has to come with experience. You can't expect to know that all the time you know you can't expect to just have this insight and this knowledge you have to that has to sort of grow on you even if someone tells you you've still got to practice it you still got to, you've still got to live with it yeah. but um yeah it just i mean in, in the white culture in, in england uh like i said i can only speak from my position jokes are and banter is like culture it's to us that's that's how we deal with everything i've been to funerals and people are cracking jokes you know because that's just how they deal with life you know what i mean you know, you go around your mate's house and tell them that your missus has just kicked you out. They'll make a joke out of it. You know, you know it's just, it's just, that's just the way it is. And, and sometimes you have to get around that. But um, I think a problem that uh, new reverts have is that, they, is that they tend to lose themselves a little bit sometimes. They tend to try and change too much of themselves too quickly. And then they kind of get a bit confused about actually who they are now. You know, because it takes some years to learn this stuff. It takes it takes time to live this out. You have to live Islam. It's not something that you you know. It's something that you, it's, it's it's a journey, isn't it? So, and so they, they tend to take on you know they they look different, they talk different, they walk different, they eat different, and then at some point they become they they simply lose their own identity, and then they then they start panicking and think, well, the only way I'm going to find myself again is to leave the religion because I've changed so much I don't recognize myself or their family and friends saying, Oh, look at you now, you look totally different or you act different. So, so they tend to put on this. Now they've become a Muslim. If they've reverted to Islam and they've, now they're going to put on, they think that they have to invent a character or, or become a different person in order to be a Muslim. No, brother, you've got to be yourself. You can be you, you can maintain your culture, your identity, your personality and be Muslim. As, as long as certain aspects of your culture and personality that are negative, you can work on getting rid of, the rest of you, you keep, yeah. you know? So 
you can have a laugh and a joke with people. You can have, as long as it stays within the boundaries and perimeters that Islam would allow, you can be you. I've seen so many new Muslims, uh, revert Muslims, come in the religion, they're strong, they're practicing. Two years later, they're done. They're gone. A year, two, three years, boom, they're gone. You don't see them again. Why? Because they was too much too quick. You know, Islam is like a marathon. You've got to pace yourself. You've got to be in this for the long game. You could die tomorrow. We could die in a, in a moment's time. But you could also live another 60, 70 years. Yeah. So if you're in this for the long game, you have to try and pace yourself and, um, and, not, and not rush through it, you know, and not try and make too many changes too quickly. You know, yeah. I used to have a beard down here. It was really long at one point. But the police kept stopping me. They just kept stopping me all the time. I'd go to the airport and the police would just... They'd pull me over, you know, and, and I was flying to Morocco at that point, probably once a month. Wow. And they would just tell you straight. But um, yeah, so what I was saying about you don't, um, I, I would advise people to take it at their pace. Some people are naturally faster than others and that's fine. But some people, they, they, they think that they have to identify themselves and dress a different way and start wearing thobes and start doing this and start behaving completely differently to what they normally would. And then they get confused. They even start to confuse themselves, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, 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 bro, why do you think that this happens a lot with Reavers? Do you think it's something that, you know, we as a community kind of push on them and that we're, do you think perhaps we're a bit intolerant to them and how they are and we push for them to, to make these changes? Um, I, I don't think it's that Muslims are intolerant of, of it. I think they just, you know, Muslims want the, the, the new Muslims to be like them, to be part of the, 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 the family, as it were, the ummah, you know? So obviously putting a phobe on them, and everything else is is part of the identity. Mm -hmm. So now you're like, it's, it's sort of like, it, it, I don't think there's any bad intention about it. I just think there's a lack of, um, you know, it's just a little lack of wisdom in it sometimes, yeah. you know? Um, so I don't think that Muslims say they're intolerant. I just think that they, they, they're over eager to get them in and, and, um, and, and, and make, make them part of the, the ummah and, and the family, as it were. Um, I just think that for some people, they must know their limits and they must pace themselves. You know, don't, it's better to move slowly, but all the time than it is run and then stop, you know? Yeah. 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 So I, I, I find that. Mm -hmm. I think I've seen your videos. I think I've seen your videos. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I think you had one where you were on the construction site, you were giving dawah to uh, one of the other workers and they had said that, um, Oh, I can't, I can't accept, or not that I can't accept, but it's like, I, I'm, I don't think God would accept me or something like that. Or I feel oh, like so I'm not. I think, yeah, because of what he said is that because of all the bad that goes on in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah, no yeah. God. That, that, no. that. Yeah. 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 I've seen you, bro. I've seen you. Now, that was my one, bro. Salam alaikum, man. Alaikum <laughs> salam. So, what, what, what happened there is someone took the video off of my channel. And then they jigged it around and sort of put the subtitles to it and then put it out on other channels. So that's how you've probably seen it. It's from other places. Probably. Because I, I don't know anything about cutting and editing and all that, bro. I'll just hold the phone there and talk, you know. That's uh -huh. that's that's not my forte. Yeah, but that that was that was that was uh yeah, that was me. So how's he doing? Did he uh does he ask you more questions? Um, you see, that's another thing that I used to do, but when I become He's asking questions, yeah, to answer your question. He is, asking, he is asking questions. But I don't really see it as um, I have to convince him. I just have to be at stand in front of Allah on judgment saying, say, I tried. That's it. Whether he becomes a Muslim or anybody becomes a Muslim, I don't, I don't have that, that, um, that control. But it could be that he will never become Muslim, but people that watch that video will become Muslim. That's in the hands and the plan of Allah. That's not in mine, you know what I mean? So my job is just to is just to try and put it out there. Um, I think that's another problem when they, people are so keen to convince people to become Muslim. It probably it's just your job to tell them, you know, it's, it's just your job to inform them the best way you can. And if the best way you can is just with a little bit of knowledge and 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 uh, good and good behavior and good character, then then do that, you know, then 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 do that, you know, but. He's asking questions, his friend, that not in that video, but he's got a friend that works on site. He's asking more questions than him. Um, but like I said, but if they become Muslim, alhamdulillah, but that's not down to me. You know what I mean? That's, that's, not down, that's not down to me. Sometimes you can affect people's lives and not even know it. People you've never met, 
you affect them and then it's not down to me you know what i mean mm. so dawi have you ever felt like this yeah. urge to just want to guide everyone to islam brother i want to put my arms around the whole world and guide everybody you know mm-hmm. I, I really do but like i said the, the best way to that, see even the process wanted to do this but and there was people that he couldn't help so, so what chance have i got in helping everybody you know what mm-hmm. i mean if he couldn't even do it so i'm not going to be able i'm not even a speck of him you know not even a dot so um I, but i do get that feeling you know and, and i panic for people you know i feel bad i panic i think Mate, in 50, 60, whatever years, you're going to be dead, you know, and you're going to have to stand there. And because I can sort of see what they can't see, you know, not that I know the future. I'm not saying that, but I can I, I know that there's going to be a judgment day. And in that judgment day, they're going to have to answer for everything that they're doing now. Like we all will, isn't it? So I panic and I'm just sort of like a bit, you know, please <laughs> just, just save yourself in it. You know, please become Muslim. But it's not down to me, man. I'm, you know. It's down to it's down to Allah. It's down to God. I'll just try, but like I have a more of a passion now, or more of a, um, I think a more of a mission now because I'm because I'm getting older, you know. Because not I'm old in it, but I'm I'm getting older, so I just want to help, and I, and I see a void between um, the youth and the elders. You know, it used to be in the old days that in times gone by that the elders would pass knowledge down and wisdom down to the young the younger generation. It's not happening anymore. It's not happening enough. So who fills that void? YouTube, uh, music, drugs, this, this, this. Hate preachers of different things. They fill the void that that the elders should be passing down wisdom to. Mm. So I just feel like, you know, I'll try and do my bit on that one. But if if it was up to me, there'd be certain very close friends of mine that I would love to become Muslim. And and, And to this day, they still haven't. SubhanAllah. On that on that point, do you think that we're do you think that there's a shortage of traditional learning? Because you said we don't have so much of the elders teaching the youngsters. So do you think we're lacking in um, the traditional learning, kind of like the sheikh, you know, teaching the students and all of that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. There's there, there's a lack of that. There's also um, there's also a problem where I think the younger generation now where, where we've got, they've got social media and, and Facebook and Instagram is so many other distractions. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not like in the old days, you know? Yeah. Yeah. SubhanAllah. And I um, see this also creates a new layer. This is something that I went through as well, where it's like, we use the social media as our teacher. So, and we apply the Dean in that aspect as well. So we now we're learning Islam online and from social media. And that, that was really beautiful for me at the beginning. Alhamdulillah. But um, it, it becomes really stagnant after a while, if channels like Merciful Servant, you know, kind of became stagnant because the, the creator, um, you know, was going through some stuff. And not just that, but how do you know everything you're learning is actually, you know, coherent and Islamically valid? Um, and something I learned from actually sitting and learning in the traditional sense with an actual, you know, Islamic teacher and everything is it's that the transformation that we go through is just not the same. It is not the same. It's like it's superficial, um, you know, surface value knowledge and growth that you get from, you know, learning online and stuff versus back when they didn't have it, you were forced to sit down and read, or you were forced to sit down with a teacher and actually learn under, you know, that, that individual. So that's something that like, it, I feel it, it's, it's really heartbreaking that, you know, we don't have that. So subhanAllah, I urge, you know, all the youngsters and everyone, you know, similar to myself to go and actually, you know, find a teacher, even if, if you have to really search for it and learn under them, inshallah. But uh, subhanAllah. So have you have you had that kind of traditional learning or what was your uh, education in Islam like? Okay, yeah. Um, so I used to just go to the masjid, bruv, and, and sit and, and listen to classes. I had another brother that I would go to around his house and he would help me learn to read Arabic. And then we would do, um, we'd go through the books, you know, the books of Tawheed and, and, and everything else. So for me, you know, you, you're, you're, you're bang on, bruv, because when you're with somebody, the energy that you get sitting there listening to them is completely different to a screen, you know. It's completely different to being online and typing stuff. So, I I definitely urge um, younger anybody, not even young Muslims, all Muslims, to go to if their masjid is doing classes, go to the classes. If they're doing Quran classes, do them. If well, go and listen, you know, go and sit in with people because not only that, bro, you know, we we need to be around human beings. We we need to be around each other to feel that we're part of the same ummah, the part part of the same uh, people. You know what I mean? So yeah, de- definitely social media and youtube and all these things has 
has has has two sides to it. Some one side's really good, and the other side, you know, is a hindrance. But if if you can get and sit face to face with someone to teach you, do that definitely. Definitely, I I'd prefer that method. You know what I mean? May Allah bless you. So, so Dawi, when you were learning Islam, do you think that there is a, a proper order in terms of what you learn? Because one, one brother, actually, he, he lives um, very close to me. May Allah bless him. He's telling me he has a fiqh class, right? He, he learns fiqh and everything. And at first, I was like, you know, is it is it good that he's learning fiqh before he learns, you know, al-qidah and all of that? And then as he started explaining it, you know, they explained, like, like basically how to pray, how to do hajj, these very basic things. So that's what, that's what fiqh is, subhanAllah. So, with your experience and how you were learning, do you, do you think that there is something that Muslims should really focus in on first if they haven't really had that traditional learning? Or do you think they should just jump in, in, in whatever class, inshallah, they can get their hands on? Uh, it's not wise to jump in. I don't think on, on any class you can get your hands on. I think what, what you must learn to do is, is, is learn the basics of the religion, the, the, the pillars of faith and the pillars of the, the deen. Uh, definitely learn Tawheed, learn to pray. Um, understand what you're saying when you're praying, because um, the, the the most powerful thing about Islam is Tawheed, you know, and um, and and learning that correctly, and that to me is, and there's always going to be brothers that want to get you know a little bit more technical and go into fiqh and then go into learning hadith and stuff like that, and that will be depend on the individual. But if you don't learn your basics in anything in life, you're gonna you're gonna fall you're gonna fall over at some point. You yeah, know what I'm saying if you, you you've got to, you've got to get the basics right before you can move on. And if it takes you a hundred years to learn the basics, so what? You know what I mean? It's not a race. Some people are going to learn quicker than others. Yeah. But as long as you're trying, but say, you know, for me, but just being a basic Muslim is 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 an is 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 a, a lifelong journey. It's a it's it's an everyday thing, you know. And um, so I I would I would uh, always say start with the basics, ground yourself in the basics. Because when I've been a bit rocky on the dean. And, um, you know, you go through 25 years, you go through phases. It's been that grounding that I had in the beginning where I learned the basics of my religion, what's held me down, that stopped me from leaving. Had I have not had that and had I have gone into other arguments and other issues, then maybe I would have been drifted off in and, and left the religion at some point. But because I had a grounding of basics, I, um, that, that sort of kept me, kept me in, kept me in the game, you know? It kept you grounded, right? And then, it kept me grounded. It kept me... You know, it, it just, it's, there's just something in me that believes in that. Yeah. You know, they just, I just, like people say, don't you miss drinking alcohol anymore? No, I don't. Because why? Because it's a sin. And if it, and the guilt and the feeling that I know that I would get from drinking alcohol now and, you know, committing a sin against my Allah would outweigh any feeling I'd get from the alcohol. Mm. You'll never, it will never be the same again. It, you can never go back. And because I learned these basics about Tawheed and about these things back in 25 years ago, then it's, it's kept me solid. It's given me like a, a foundation of a house. You know, sometimes the windows are dropped out and the roof's got a hole in it, but the foundations are solid. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, so alhamdulillah, I've managed to, I've managed to hold it, you know? SubhanAllah. May Allah bless you, bro. I'm, I'm so happy you mentioned that. I'm, I'm so happy you mentioned that. Because, panallah, when I first started that traditional learning, Allah, we're talking like literally for like first like 20 minutes of class. What is Islam? In the first one, I'm like, I don't know anything anymore, bro. After that discussion, what is Islam? What is a deen? Bro, Fahd and Anhal could probably attest to this because we just had that class recently too. It's like, I, bro, <laughs> this is the basics. What is Islam, bro? I don't even know anything, subhanAllah. And ever mm -hmm. since then, it's like, it, it was just life-changing, subhanAllah. So oh, it's that like, class, that yeah. class I learned that the more I, I learned, the more I realized I don't know anything. Yeah, 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 subhanAllah. That's something we, we talked about a bit on the channel, the Kruger effect, right? Mm -hmm. When you first when you first introduced to anything, you learn a little bit, your confidence is like 100%. And then the more you learn, the more you realize you need to learn and the more you realize you don't actually know, so your confidence just drops. And then it goes up over time, maybe over the years. It never goes back up to 100% because you know, you're just not going to mm -hmm. know everything, subhanAllah. And that's, it's even like that with like with the basics, subhanAllah. The basics of Tawheed. A lot of people just say the, the Tawheed is there's one God where they worship and, and don't associate partners with him. And like, that's it. Like, that's the basics. I know. It's like, go read Imam Tahwi, his book on Tawheed. He has like a hundred notes or something on, on, you know, about Allah. And I was reading the first like 10, 20 and I'm like, 
like okay خلاص. i don't know anything i'm going back to the books uh, inshallah so Allah, i'm so glad you mentioned that may Allah bless you immensely that's what i mean brother i mean if, you, if just like i said just trying to be a basic muslim is there's a lot involved in that you know what i mean just learning like you said i mean oh i know about tawhid do you okay really okay so when you start get that's a massive topic you know learning how to pray properly learning how to do ramadan properly and when it's ramadan learning all the all the all the, the, the things involved bro these things you never get to the end of it you know you, you never know everything and the more you think you know the deeper you get in the more you realize you that, that you don't know you know but you, you're right you're bang on because you know when you're young when you're young in the dean and you think you, you've learned something you want to tell everyone but then you realize hold on i, I don't know anything really mm. <laughs> <laughs> like we're barely understanding the like the faraid and we're going for sunnah and you know, all the extra, you know, recommended stuff that aren't even obligatory and let alone trying to put it down other people's throats. And we don't even know the Farahid stuff, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Allah. <sighs> and this is another problem, but you know, there's the brothers out there that want to get into debates and arguments and, and brother, they're not qualified to do these stuff. You know, and nothing else. They wouldn't get into an argument about medicine. They wouldn't get into an argument about, you know, mathematics or something, but they want to get into an argument about religion. Like, leave that to the people that know. Stay in your lane. Know what you know. Learn what you know. Teach what you can. But when it comes to these issues, you know, Muslims want to argue with all other Muslims about their own religion. And it's on points that, that are too f- small for them. To, you know, too, they're not, I'm not saying they're small points, but they want to get f- s- semantical on points and argue about these points. But you're missing the picture. That's not making you a better Muslim. That's not helping anybody. All that's doing is causing two men to argue about something that they really should leave up to scholars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's facts. facts. That's that is facts. facts. You know, do, bro, you want to go? No, no, bro, go on, man. Bro, I was just gonna ask, uh, how do you draw the line then between you know speaking your truth and you know trying to share it with the world, but then also humbling yourself and not speaking over other people that are more qualified? Um, that took time, and that that alhamdulillah, bro, that's a good question because that took time, you know, because. And it comes from going back to the, the point the brother said um, just a moment ago is that you come in and thinking you know stuff. And it's only when you realize that you don't know stuff that you end up having to be quiet, you know. And um, but now brother, I, I treat everybody with this. I'll give everyone time to talk, whether they know more than well, most people know more than me. But whether they know something or don't, I give everyone a little bit of space because and let them talk. Um, I mean, you can normally tell when someone knows uh you know about the about the religion. You can normally tell from their uh, how they structure their own personality and come across. But I, 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 when it comes to talking over people, brother, and um, I tend, I try not to do that of anybody. I even mm-hmm. even ignorant people, I try and give them a little bit of space just to get it out of their system. Just so, you know, just so I can I can help maybe help on that. But I don't. Um, I, I, I I I deliberately try and steer clear of debating people and arguing with people. I don't argue actually. I refuse to argue um, because I, as a man, I, I, tend, I try and carry myself with certain character, you know, and um, arguing. There's three types of people that I think argue. OK, women, children and people that are in the wrong. OK, now children will argue because they're immature. They don't know the world. Women, bless them. I don't want all the women to get upset with me, but sometimes they and I've known some women that could start an argument in an empty room. OK, they're just emotional and argue. And people that are in the wrong will argue to reinforce or, or to try and back up their, their, their argument or their point. If you're in the right, bruv, you don't need to argue. I'm not going to argue if I'm in the right. I'm just going to say, bruv, that's how it is. If you don't like it, then I'm not going to stand there and argue with you about it because it's just no one wins that. No one wins an argument. You know what I mean? So I'll walk away. I'll walk away. I'll, I'll talk, walk or fight. We'll pick one, you know? So I don't, um, I don't argue with people. I, I refuse to get into these religious debates and religious arguments and, and you know, because it's not, I'm not, I'm not one, I'm not qualified, and two, it doesn't help me. If it doesn't help me, it doesn't benefit me, it doesn't benefit anybody. And a lot of this stuff, like I said, bro, should be left to, to people that have knowledge. If I can't even read the Quran properly and understand it, then what am I arguing about with someone else? Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> subhanAllah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's, it's the thing is that it's sometimes it's hard to draw the line right between a discussion and an argument and sometimes it's hard to draw the line between i should speak you know and, and teach people about this and i and i shouldn't say anything because you know some muslims are going to use that as an excuse right uh to just to not give dawah at all you know i don't know enough and like they just you know sit in their house and that's it 
Um, but I, you know, that's not, or at least that's not what I'm saying. That's not what you know I'm I'm advocating for. Subhanallah. I was gonna mention we actually had this discussion on TikTok about like this deep like aqidah like belief issue. Is Allah like physically, for lack of a better word, literally above the arsh? Is it a metaphor and all this stuff? And there's one group that's saying if you believe Allah is literally above the arsh, you're not even a Muslim. So this is a very you know very drastic issue. And now me myself, I can quote Imam Abu Hanif rahmallah, like in, in like the English translation, all that. But the bare fact that this the man who's arguing against you know what I believe knows Arabic and I don't, you know, I would have caused a lot of fitna if I went on by myself to talk to him because he's he seems like he knows a lot more than me because he knows Arabic you know alone. Subhanallah. But when you had you know Sheikh Muhammad may Allah bless him, who came on and discussed with him, it was a lot more fair of a discussion. Alhamdulillah. So this is the um, the amana that we have when we have you know these discussions and everything. And you know you actually reminded me of something Imam Shafi Allah said. You know him being a scholar, he said I've never debated uh, an intelligent person except that I won, and I never debated an ignorant person except that I lost because you can't win with people like that. Subhanallah. And this is something I think we all need to be cognizant of. And the last thing I want to mention, you, you actually mentioned it, you know, you don't argue. And I think that's a very beautiful thing, subhanAllah. And the key word is argue, because the Prophet said, he will guarantee a house in Jannah for the one who gives up arguing, even when he's right. Because arguing literally has no benefit. It's literally just a waste of time. Because arguing with someone in, in, entails the fact that they're just not going to move from that position, and you're just not going to move from your position. So what's the point? Is just throwing constant jobs at each other, subhanAllah. And... Um, there's a lot more you could do in that time, you know. Go read uh, the book of Tahid we were just talking about, inshallah. Facts, facts. So Bro, so I was gonna ask in the last 25 years of you, you know, becoming a you know, practicing Muslim, doing your best, and now alhamdulillah being at a point that you're giving back and you want to continue to give dawah. What are some of the biggest revert struggles that you've had? Um, and wisdom that you can share. So, for example, one would be controlling your nafs, your desires, right? So, what are some other ones? Um, like I said, I mean, I think I mentioned it before. I am um, tr tr trying to change too quickly, too fast in the early days. Mm. You know, you've got to become comfortable in your deen, in your religion. You've got to feel, you got to fit. You've got to feel comfortable. And um, it's, it's in the beginning, I, 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 I was wearing a thobe. I, I grew a beard. I was, I was doing all of these things. And then, like I said, I got a little bit, a little bit lost. I got, I, I got a little bit like I lost my own personality and I didn't know who I was. And that for some years confused me. I thought, well, if I stop doing this, I'm not going to be Muslim anymore. And, and that for me was, was, was the biggest um, sort of confusion. You know, I, 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 I found myself trying to do, like I said, not, I, I think people think when they have to become Muslim or when they become Muslim, they have to change everything about themselves instead of just being themselves. And that's a big barrier for people, one, to become Muslim and two, to stay Muslim. You know, especially when your culture isn't Islamic. Now, if you're coming from a background as Pakistani or African or Arab, then you have a history of Islamic culture in your culture as well. OK, so if I was to say, like in, in England, we have a lot of uh, uh, Muslim brothers that come from a, a Jamaican or Caribbean background. But they'll track their, their heritage back to Africa. And there's an Islamic history in Africa. Mm -hmm. The same with Pakistan and all of that. But when you're English... There is no culture of Islam here. There's no history of Islam in England. You know what I mean? So we tend to adopt another culture and, and, and not ours, you know? And, and for me, I found that quite um, uh, confusing for a little while. But alhamdulillah, now I'm cool with it, brother. If you're not enjoying your Islam, then you're doing it wrong. So you need to be comfortable. You need to be settled and like, this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And that needs to fit, you know what I mean? So I think that would take time and how to help um, the reverts do that is that the Muslims around them understand that and, and, and help them with that rather than sort of like out of nice intentions, just try and force them in, you know what I mean? But bring them in and put this on them and put that on them. You know, just, just be gentle with them, bro. You know what I mean? Let them find their, let them settle down and let them find themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's probably 100%, man. And also not having... Uh, the the Muslims like the brothers and sisters put down fellow reverts who are trying their best, hmm. but maybe they um maybe their their character is just not a hundred percent yet. Maybe they're just not speaking a hundred percent. Maybe they just don't know their intellect is just not a hundred percent yet. Maybe it's a woman and she's not wearing the hijab yet, but she's being put down because she's showing her hair. 
You know what I mean? So I, I think that's a big point as well. Because a lot yeah, of times, you know, the brothers and sisters, my bad for cutting you off, bro. But um, they'll have good intentions, you know? But it's it just it doesn't at least the the person who's receiving whatever is being said they don't they don't receive it the way that it should be. Lamb, I think you're right, brother. I mean, a lot of the the, the 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 Muslims have good intentions with us. Some of them, some of them would just get a little bit self righteous though. Oh, you're not wearing hijab. You're not. Yeah, bro. Listen, she she she's come from a background that's non-Islamic. There's many many Muslim women that have been brought up in the religion that wear hijab. I'm not saying that it's right, but give them. You know, that's not going to help her to put a hijab on, telling her she's not wearing a hijab. She already knows that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Is it not better that she's a Muslim without a hijab than, you know, a non-Muslim without a hijab? You know? So just, I, I think, you know, some of, the, some of the Muslims need to be a little bit self-righteous, a little bit less self-righteous and a little bit more understanding. And, um, you know, as reverts, bruv, you know, and you're in the dean for the first two or three years, four or five years, whatever time it is, it's like what you're not going to slip you're not going to swear sometimes you're not going to of course you are yeah. you know it's unrealistic to think that you're not you just spent 20 summit years doing that you know what you think you're going to stop it like this it's i think you've got you you you've, you can't let your sins another thing that used to used to catch me still catches me but it definitely nearly nearly took me out of the religion it took me out of the dean at one point was that i let the sins that i committed suffocate me like there was no way out. I've done this sin. I know it's too much. It's it's. I'm. How am I going to get over this? How am I going to make this better? How am I going? And you, you kind of let the sin just just squash you, you know. It just just sort of suffocate you to the point where you just want to escape. And you know that's that's a burden that that I suffered from. And and the end is, oh, what's the point? You know, if I, I I can't do it. I can't handle it. And 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 what I had to understand and what I had to keep telling me, and it comes back down to listening to people of knowledge, is that Allah will forgive everything except dying upon shirt. You know what I mean? So as long as you've got this anxiety and that you want to be forgiven and you want to do something good and you want to make amends for it, that's a very good sign that Allah's forgiving you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know? So, and that's another thing, but you know, reverse, they'll come in, they'll do something wrong, like swear, or they can't wear hijab for whatever reason, you know, that's their personal uh, struggle. And then they'll feel, oh, I can't do it, I can't, and then they'll leave. You know, then they'll go, then they'll jog on, they can't do it because they'll feel overwhelmed by that, you know? So I think there's a responsibility on the, uh, on the Muslim community around them to, uh, to, to, to understand them things as well, you know what I mean? Just because you hear this brother swearing or this sister not wearing hijab, be patient, advise them, but maybe even advise them in private. Too many people are fast to advise you in public. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They want to tell you this in front of everyone. And that, you know, that, that's not nice. You know, I've had brothers advise me in the masjid in front of everybody. You know, when in the, in the, in you know back in the days, and, and uh, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. But but there's like fifty people here. You couldn't have picked another time, you know. <laughs> but you know, I, I think that them things as well. Um, inshallah, bro. This is this is this. I'm saying, just keeping it basic is different. Is is is, is a job, you know. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, me me personally, something that I struggle with a lot is is. I'm going to out myself a little bit here, but Alhamdulillah, something I struggle with a lot, and I think a lot of people struggle with is, is saying what they want to say, not what the person needs to hear. Um, and a lot of the time, it could be the same point. It could be the same point, but you just said it in two different ways. People need such a little encouragement. Like, honestly, a lot of the time, some people just need just a little bit, but in the right way. And this, as you, as you mentioned, self-righteousness, Wallah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it could even be a disease of the heart it's because it could be tied with like arrogance in a way you know it's, it's coming from like an authoritative position not just authoritative but like at least like you know i'm made from this i'm like this you're not that i'm better than you and and not seeing them as an equal and i think it, it's really important to tie it back to how we you know started this conversation with what you were mentioning about um gauging people that's what the prophet did with every individual every person is their own specific case and with every specific case, you need to study that case and really, you know, delve deep into that specific case. And if you don't do that, then you're doing a tremendous disservice because, you know, the Prophet, you know, there are times when, you know, a woman crying at a grave, like you yelled at him, he walked away. He didn't pull out the, the verse in the Quran that says, you know, don't raise your voice to the Prophet. He walked away. And this is the essence of emotional intelligence. And that's something 
I myself really do think I've been struggling with and, you know, may Allah allow me and everyone else to be better. Allah ma'ameen. But it's like, it, it could be the difference between someone being better or being worse. And like, if that's on me, man, may Allah forgive me for that because it's, wallah, it's scary. Allah is scary. But beautiful point, Dawi Habib. May Allah bless you immensely. I do think this episode is coming to a close soon. So please, um, final questions, comments, concerns. I think this has been a beautiful discussion. Yeah, so you had spoken about closing the gap, right? That, that you said elders uh, in, in the past, they would transmit that knowledge and that wisdom to the young. And nowadays that's not happening as much, you know, in your words. So what do you think, what are you planning to do? What do you have in mind as like you, you're going to do your part here? Because you said you want to do something to help out. You want to be able to stand in front of the creator. So like what you got planned here, brother? I don't know, bruv. I'm just going to do what I can. You know, to be honest with you, um, I, 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 I can't speak for anybody else. You know what I mean? I can't, I can't, uh, I, I can't account for what other people are going to do, but I, I just know that for myself, I, I'm, I'm going to try and do what I can. Um, that's, all I, that's all I can do. That's all I'm responsible for. Um, I, I do speak to brothers now that have been in the Dean because there's a few of us um, now that have been in the Dean for 25, 30 years. And we, we've all got the same sort of, it's just age. It just comes with age, the same sort of mindset now where, you know, it's, it's kind of our time to give, give back. It's our time to sort of say, right, okay, and, you know, it's not just Muslims either, bro. You know, there's a lot of lads, you know, a lot of uh, youngsters out there that are non-Muslim, okay, that are getting themselves into street crimes and drugs and all this sort of stuff. But we have a responsibility to help everybody, even if it's a stopping from killing each other. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's a stopping shooting and stabbing each other and, and all this sort of stuff. So there's, uh, there, there's other brothers that I know, my friends like me, that have been in the Dean 25, 30 years, they have the same sort of mindset. I'm not sure some of them are doing a lot better work than I am. But, brother, I'm just going to continue, inshallah, to do what I'm doing. You know, I, I'm no, I know nothing about social media. I know nothing about editing and cutting and all this sort of stuff. I, I, but I'll do what I can. You know, if, if I can do something, then I'll do something, inshallah. And whatever Allah has in plan for me and whatever he wants to, to do some good. I was speaking to a, 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 a brother that I know very well. He's one of the brothers that I go to for Islamic knowledge. And I said, bruv, you know, some, someone's put videos out there of me and people are texting me saying, oh, brother, that's you in the pic, that's you in the video, it's mashallah, it's a great video, etc." yeah? I said, but I don't want this. You know, I don't, I don't want uh, to, to feel like I'm, my reward is going to be people saying how wonderful the video was because it wasn't even me to put it out there, you know what I mean? But he said, listen, he says, and he gave me some advice. I said, I need some advice, brother, because I was, I was just stop doing video, I will just stop, you know? He goes, look, he goes, it's, it's a type of shirk to do something good in order to please the people. But it's also a type of shirk to stop doing something good in, in, in order not to please the people, you know? So he said, if you're doing something good for the sake of Allah, then don't worry about what other people are saying and whatever reaction it's having. Just be thankful that God has used you, Allah has used you to bring about some good. And, and just keep going, just, just keep doing it, you know? No, sorry, to abandon doing something good for the sake of the people. So if you're doing something good to get the pleasure of the people, then that's the type of shirk. If you abandon doing something good for the sake of the people, then, you know, no, no one would ever give out food parcels. No one would ever get involved in charity work because everyone that does charity work gets a certain amount of kudos and, and praise, you know? So they would just stop doing it, you know? So you wouldn't, he, he said, don't abandon doing something good in order because of the people just keep doing what you think is good and if Allah brings something good from it then be happy that Allah's brought something good from that and and take that as a good sign you know so from what I'm going to do bro brothers I'm just going to try and do what I can do I, I don't know Allah, Allah knows best what the plans are but that's my plan you know yeah. bro may Allah put barakah in your pursuit and your endeavors mm -hmm. man I mean uh, Amin, man. May Allah accept it and, and elevate you in the highest ranks. Amin. Allahumma amin. Amin. Man, it's so inspiring, man. Never, never would I have thought growing up, you know, being told what I thought about Muslims that there'd be a, you know, a white man who, you know, people, you know, where I grew up, they'd be like, oh, you know, they're non-Muslim or they're Christian. I'm learning so much about my own religion that I took for granted for 20 plus years, bro.
سبحان الله And I just want to let you know, man, like, we don't really see you as a white man. We're only saying that because you said it. So we're just yeah. using it as like a reference point. You I know? say it because <laughs> his, his YouTube channel is, I think it's Dawi, the white Muslim fellow or something like that. Oh, all right. Say this. Yeah. There we yeah. go, bro. We're going to plug that in the description, guys. Make sure you hit that subscribe button in his channel. Show him some love and watch some of his videos, bro. Okay. Thank you for that, bro. Appreciate no it. Aki, so is there anything else that, you know, we can do for you? Anything you want to, you know, get out there? No, nah, bro. This one up? No, nah, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you guys uh, calling me, uh, inviting me on for this talk, inshallah. And uh, hopefully Allah will do something good with it. And um, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, you know, you're, you're literally open invite. Anytime you want to be on, just hit us up, man. Oh, right? Okay, bro. Sure. I, mean, I appreciate that, man. Okay. It's okay. an honor. May Allah reward you and elevate your heavy This has been... A beautiful episode. Lots of beautiful reminders. May Allah allow us to embody all of them. Allahumma amin. May Allah elevate you in the ranks. Habibi. Jazakumullahu khairan. Amin. Thank you. Habibi. All right. And with that being said, Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adab al-nar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam.